Is it just me or does it seem like a lot of folks seem excessively angry and or overly sensitive these days? People are throwing tantrums at school board meetings and students are acting up even more than usual. Arguments continue to break out in business or restaurants over masks, vaccine, empty store shelves, and long waits for meals to be delivered by overworked servers. Motorists are blowing a gasket over the cost of gas at the pumps these days. People on either side of the aisle are passionately defending their stance on gender titles. Celebrities stand on their pulpits at award ceremonies to tout their political agendas. And with last month's Oscars going off the rails with physical assault, it leads to wonder what the bleep is going on now. Hi there, I'm Dr. Kelly Ray. I'm a mindset coach counselor, notably known as the inner critic tamer, and I'm passionate about helping others just like you and me who have survived things that perhaps we don't like to talk about, but we know we want to do better for ourselves because it's good for our kids and their kids to come. I'm obsessed with teaching others how to tame their inner critic, that inner childhood conditioning, or as I like to say, undo that crap that happened to you and continues to keep you maybe somewhat stuck and teach you how to heal from it in order to live the vibrant life you were designed to live. And during this episode, we're talking about what's going on and more importantly, what can we do about it? Okay, so where do we begin on this big topic? Traffic accidents and deaths are up in part, authorities believe, because drivers are behaving so aggressively. Medical workers are regularly harassed and threatened, and flight attendants are forced to show far too many rude and unruly passengers just how secure and snug their seatbelts can get if they won't voluntarily sit down and shut up. Meanwhile, people are unloading their vilest impulses on social media. While there's nothing new about that, it just feels like the toxicity on the internet has reached a shocking new level. There's so much anger right now that even the mildest mannered among us probably find themselves screaming at their computers or television screens now and then, or throwing their phones. I'm not alone in noticing this disturbing trend. Day after day, we see news outlets reporting on outbreaks of angry and violent behavior in communities throughout the country. In fact, over this last weekend, there was a shooting that happened in my own town that killed six people and wounded at least 18 others. It's heart-wrenching to say the very least to be witnessing all this pain that's happening in our world. And one would ask, what's going on? The answer that most of us would likely speculate is that our short fuses are rooted in the stress we've experienced because of the pandemic and the divisive political climate. That makes sense. But like some of you, I am also interested in a deeper examination about the reasons that such stressors can lead to such alarming levels of societal hot-headedness and overt sensitivity. We must understand that humans are hardwired for anger, and that has its benefits, just as we have other emotions that we benefit from. But with regards to anger, it's an emotional component of the fight-or-flight response, which means it can be useful as a survival mechanism. 
Anger is also accompanied by physiological and biological responses. When we feel anger or our heart rate and blood pressure levels rise and we get surges of energy hormones such as adrenaline. Again, these changes can be a normal part of our innate need to defend ourselves. Anger can also keep us social, social and economical threats at bay and it has an empowering function. These can be useful for people who have been victimized or have experienced trauma. The downside to anger comes when we cross a line from energizing and empowering and it becomes consuming and destructive. This is when overreacting appears, when one reacts without even thinking. It's likened to seeing a tiger ready to pounce when there isn't even a tiger there. It's when that reasoning capacity of the brain becomes overridden with resulting in impulsive behavior and errors in judgment. An example of this that comes to mind is the meltdown we saw of people having over mask wearing. The over the top angry response some people display to this relatively simple, non-threatening, common sense measure appears to check many, if not all, of the boxes of over-the-top anger. Contrast to that and another situation where it could be a good thing to be angry is seeing the courage of the Ukrainian people and their heroic defiance against the Russian invasion of Ukraine as they've used their righteous rage to defend their country from a real attack has empowered many around the globe to step up and offer aid and assistance to help them. Okay, so we talked about being angry and all, but what's with all the sensitivity? Why are people so freaking sensitive these days? Let's talk about that. Have you noticed every time you glance at your phone or check your social media, you're met with irate tweets or posts emotionally triggering headlines or unexpected pictures that pull at your heartstrings long before you even read the words associated with it. Sure you have. We all have. It seems that the two defining reactions of the 21st century worn righteously as a finger-pointing badge of honor is anger and hypersensitivity. What has become a disturbing phenomenon is anyone with a smartphone has the power to bully, hurl, abuse, humiliate, and belittle. And the fastest way to quote-unquote express yourself is via the keypad on those phones onto the World Wide Web. In fact, there's a sense of entitlement to share your feelings with the world and then get mad, hurt, or saddened when others bluntly oppose you or disagree with you or spew their own two cents on the matter. There's no doubt that the capacity for emotional contagion of anger and or sensitivity has increased. Whether it's about COVID, politics, genderism, sexism, or racism, these continue to be hot topics that can be triggered and triggering merely with a tweet or an article headline. 
Moreover, couple this with a sense of entitlement of quote-unquote free speech, and before you know it, you have grannies going at it online. Why is that? Because people feel less inhibited to speak their minds online. Although until recently, showing anger was a sign of belligerence or a lack of self-control and seemed only reserved for God or pastors. But now, it has been more secularized and generalized and everybody's anger is virtuous. Meaning, whichever cause you support, whether it's feminism, eco-activism, or sizeism, expressing indignation can now feel brave and noble and is a form of moral superiority. But is it being productively used or abused? This new way of being, as many would tout, that they are quote-unquote stepping into their power, comes with a huge impact on relationships, work performance, mental health, and health in general. I'm not against people stepping into their power. In fact, I continue to help many around the globe do that very thing. But it's important to learn how to use this new empowerment of yours in a way that not only empowers you, but the company you keep, the work that you do, and the role model you are for your kids and or grandkids. Here's what I see. The problem with non-stop access to social media and news outlets is that our boundaries, identities, beliefs, and values can be assaulted whenever we look at our phones, turning all of us into ticking time bombs. For example, one ill-judged tweet gets retweeted disapprovingly goes viral, and within days, the original tweeter is an unacceptable person receiving death threats and losing their job. Meanwhile, the angry tweeters are gleefully getting high on mass righteous justification. If you fire off an angry tweet or post, getting liked or shared might further stroke your rage which can be thrilling in itself, or it might cheer you up so much that you don't even get angry anymore. I gotta tell you, this is a slippery slope. This talking about or expressing our feelings alone online. Yes, it can be cathartic, but it can be used as fuel against you later, leaving you potentially victimized by your own need to process your feelings. So now let's talk about some ways to manage these feelings of anger and sensitivity. One of the best antidotes is composure. And what are some ways that we can do that? Do not take things personally, allowing your emotions to dominate your day. Honestly, most things aren't even about you. They're about how others are feeling about themselves or dealing with their own things. Just like I'm sure you've projected some of your own stuff onto others without thinking how it might be perceived or received by them because you just needed to process the thoughts out loud. Again, it's not personal. Keep a positive mental attitude and project that into your daily activities. 
And when you feel like you're slipping, then stop, pause, and take a deep breath. Then I'm going to encourage you to tell yourself five things that you're grateful for right now, right then. Don't think about it. Just say them to yourself quickly. You'll see doing just this little thing, this little shift, your attitude can change. And if it doesn't, then repeat it until it does. Remember, you oversee your day and how you respond to it, not the outside world. Act decisively when situations warrant, but also be accountable for your actions. No more, well, they made me do it, or it's all their fault that happened to me. Stop that. If that's the case, then perhaps it's high time you look at the choices you're making that allow that type of behavior to continue to happen to you. Look at the company that you keep. Look at the work that you do. If it's not what you want to do, you, you're, you can change. You can move. You can shift. You have to just take the action to do that. Take a breather. Sometimes we just need to disconnect and collect our thoughts. It's hard to think clearly and decisively when we're always trudging through mud, so to speak. We get tired and worn out from all the resistance and often get snappy in the process. So give yourself permission to stop, pause, and breathe. Get outside, away from your phone and devices, and get some fresh air. Take a walk. Pay attention to the sights and sounds around you. What do you notice? Do you find yourself going back in your head and trying to finish an argument or make your point or solve something? Or are you being fully present with where you are in the moment? Be mindfully present. Listen to music. I'm telling you, music is extremely powerful and can shift your mood super fast. And if you don't believe me, think about the last time you got in your car and as soon as you heard the song playing on the radio, it reminded you of a time in the past or immediately got you dancing in your seat or made you feel melancholy. I'm telling you, it's powerful. If you're feeling so passionate about something that got your anger pumping, then harness that energy. Sign a petition. Write a letter to an official. Do something good for someone else. Pour your energy and emotion into something that's healthy and productive. You effectuate change by taking action, not by brooding. Express your anger. It's okay to say how you feel as long as you handle it in the right way. Ask a trusted friend or a family member to allow you to express how you're feeling in order for you to process through those emotions. I can share an example of this. Last month, I had planned a surprise 80th birthday adventure for my dad. I had been working on these plans for over six months and had coordinated with family members to be a part of this. Two days prior to leaving, I had heard from all family members separately that they were unable to attend and I'm going to be really honest with you I was so mad I knew I needed to process through this anger in order to show up two days later and surprise my dad with our intended adventure and if I hadn't 
been willing to do that, I would have been probably brooding on it or been snarky or bitter or whatever the whole time. So I asked my daughter if I could express how I was feeling out loud without, I didn't need her to fix anything or repair anything, but rather just to hold space for me so I could speak it out loud and get to the root of what was really making me mad about this. And she agreed. As I processed my feelings, I'd come up with what I was mad about. Then I'd ask myself, and why does this make you mad? And I continued to do this as I peeled away the layers as what was really upsetting me. In the end, it was that I wanted to create this specific moment for my dad with the family. And because that wasn't going to happen, it made me mad. Now I know sharing that with you now doesn't seem like any big thing. But in the moment of us being mad, hurt, or feeling oversensitive, things feel like they are a very big deal. More importantly, if we don't deal with those things that feel like a big deal, then they turn into other things in our lives being big deals as well. And before you know it, we're victimized by our own feelings, thoughts, and reactions, which can subsequently be spilled onto others. As much as I'm a proponent of having a trusted friend or family member to talk to, that may not always be the best thing because they aren't always objective in nature when it comes to those they care about. Which is why I encourage you talking to a counselor or coach like myself to help you safely work through those emotions. I'd like to wrap up with some final thoughts here. When we are too stimulated with so much exposure to other people's stimuli, our margin for anger and sensitivity can be short. Don't get me wrong. Anger is a normal emotion that everyone experiences from time to time. However, if you find your anger turns into aggression or outburst, you need to find healthy ways to deal with it. Working with someone like myself who can help you unwrap those suppressed feelings that are causing anger, angst, or feeling too sensitive is highly encouraged. And if you found this episode or any of the others I've done helpful, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast to get notified when I drop a new one every Monday. I invite you to tell a friend, friends of your friends, friends of your enemies, enemies of your friends, your friend and your enemies, because at the end of the day, we never know who just might need this information and help and guidance along whatever they may be going through. And if you'd like to connect with me or ways that you can reach out and get in connection with me, if you want to talk about this, here's some ways you can do that. On Instagram, I'm at Ask Dr. Kelly Ray. Kelly Ray is spelled K-E-L-L-Y-R-A-E. On Facebook, it's Dr. Kelly Ray B, B as in brown. My website is drkellyray.com. And my email is drkellyray at gmail.com. Until next week, please know I send you so much love.